Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more. Welcome to Peppershock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now, here's your host, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen, and I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media, also the founder of the marketingexpedition.com community. And today we have Gina Gardner, and she's the number one international best-selling author and motivational speaker, an empowerment and relationship coach, and transformational leadership trainer. She's got over 30 years of experience helping people uh, experience happiness and success and fulfillment. She's the founder of the Thrive Together Tribe membership and personal and spiritual development program, and the Enlightened Leadership Program. Gina has also learned to walk twice as an an adult, twice. Wow, I'm, I'm gonna ask you about that for sure. Uh, for over 20 years, she ran her award-winning school for the most part from a wheelchair. The gift of experience was the development of unique approach to life and the development of transformational leadership. In 2004, Gina left headship as a principal and has since worked with countless individuals, couples, teams, and organizations, helping them to step into their potential to learn the lessons from the past and to recognize that there is a choice to step into their power and live a fearless life. Gina is passionate about supporting people to live a truly happy, successful, and fulfilling life and supporting leaders to become the spiritual matriarchs and patriarchs who lead with integrity, compassion, and the courage to do what is right rather than what is expected. So, uh, Gina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Marketing Expedition podcast. Uh, so tell me more. What You learned to walk twice. What, what, what is that all about? Well, firstly, thank you very much for having me on the show. Really excited to be here. I was promoted very young. I was a deputy principal at the age of 28. Um, and halfway through that year, I went off skiing. I had a very bad ski accident. Fell about 150 feet down the mountain. Oh. Managed to get back to school by the May um, and was hoping that the school holidays would give me a chance to recover. Uh, the head, the principal, suddenly died in his sleep oh. during the summer holidays um, and I became acting head. Now, my mobility um, was affected because six weeks after I um, had the original ski accident, I went off skiing again with the children from school, 150 school children. Um, and I became paralyzed down one side. Um, got back to school just before that summer holidays, in fact. Um, and so I, I was already, by the time I became a principal, I was already um, challenged with mobility. But over the intervening years, I had two failed back surgery syndromes. Um, and between the two, I learned to walk to the bottom of my garden, very small garden. Um, and then I had the second, I ruptured a second disc and had failed back surgery syndrome again, completely wheelchair bound. Oh. Um, 
And it wasn't until much later, 2004, when I had an internal spinal stimulator fitted, that very slowly I started to learn to walk yet again. And whilst I now don't use the wheelchair in the house or the garden and I can walk short distances, I still use a wheelchair if I'm going traveling or if I'm going into town. Mm -hmm. I can't sustain the walking. But there was a huge gift. And the gift was I couldn't physically get into my classroom. My wheelchair wouldn't fit through the door. So I had to come up with a different way of helping people take radical responsibility for their own performance and a shared responsibility for uh, for the, the rest of the staff. And it was incredibly successful. We were on the best 100 schools in the country list twice during my tenure. And I'm really- where was, where was this located? Cause uh, people, we, we know you have an accent to me, but where, where are you from? Where is this located? Well, I live in the UK and my school was in Romford and Romford is on the Northeast corner of London, quite urban and quite a challenging area. Um, quite a lot of inherent racism, quite an aggressive area. Um, and it was a big school, um, but one of the things that I was determined about was that we were going to have a zero tolerance of aggression. So for example, one of the things that, uh, that I did was every member of staff, teaching and non-teaching, had training in how to manage their own emotions and then how to manage when parents were aggressive or children were difficult. Because what I recognize is we had to be absolutely squeaky clean. You couldn't say no aggression and then shout. You couldn't say no aggression and then, and then treat aggression with aggression. And it was very successful. Did it mean that children were never naughty, bullying and aggressive? Right. No, it didn't. But it meant we didn't tolerate it and that they learned very quickly what was acceptable and what was not. And that was true of the parents. But by 2004, my health was deteriorating and I was given an ultimatum to stop doing what I was doing, which is working a 14, 15 hour day, um, because not only did I run school, but I worked as an advisor for the government. I worked as a trainer facilitator for the National College of Leadership and for the London Institute, not all at the same time. You were very happy. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> budget into school. And for me, Pain was great, uh, work was great pain control. Because uh, mm -hmm. if I was doing something that I loved, that I was good at, that really mattered, then I could switch the body off. Mm -hmm. And that's still true today, but I've learned much more to pace myself. Good. But in 2004, I was given an ultimatum, either stop doing what I was doing, or I'd be housebound. And I have to tell you, daytime television, doesn't do it. <laughs> I don't know that I would be able to sit still for very long either. So I, I understand why you would, you know, want to change your ways for sure. So what did you do? So I left school and I thought, well, what the hell am I going to do with myself now? I've got all of these skills. I was a qualified coach. I've been an advisor. I've been an assessor, been a trainer facilitator. And I, my, my initial thought was that Leadership is the same whether you're in a business or you're in a big corporation or you're in a, in a school. I had a hundred staff almost. Um, and so I took myself off to do a research project. I created a research project across industry. So manufacturing, retail, finance, health, local government, and so on. And of course, leadership is exactly this. The issues are the same, whatever your business, your widgets might be different, but people are people, aren't they? Right. So I wrote my first couple of books. 
And to start with, they were my calling card to get in. And most of the work that I did was with corporates. Um, always done life coaching, always done couple coaching, did that even when I was a principal. Um, and for the first few years, that's what I did. Then the recession hit, 2008-9. Do you remember it? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> so first week in January, I had, oh, second week in January, I had contracts that were going to see me through the whole year. By the end of the week, I had no contracts. Oh, man. And so, once again, it's, what am I going to do with myself? Well, I, by this time, I'd started to be a visiting lecturer at Essex University Business School. Mm -hmm. And they would commission me to go into businesses, to go and troubleshoot, to go and do some training. And what I noticed is that I was often invited back by the same businesses to deal with issues that could actually have been avoided. So I contacted them and said, how about... I work with you on a regular basis. And I still do that today. Nice. And I use exactly the same principles and techniques that I developed in school. As a result, every business that I've worked with for more than nine months has become more productive, more profitable, better working relationships, better work-life balance. Nice. nice. So that was my biz first business, that I had this growing sense of purpose that I wasn't reaching enough people. And so just over two years ago, I set up a company called Genuinely You. Genuinely You is all online. Um, there's personal and spiritual development programs. There's the leadership program, which has just been launched just prior to COVID-19, of course. Um, all online. What if I tell you that before then, I didn't even have a Facebook page. Oh, wow. <laughs> I used the internet for research and to do emails. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so my learning curve has been vertical. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, you're, and you're doing it. I mean, you're, you're now, you know, internationally, like, you know, here I am from Idaho, right, in the United States, and, and you where you are, and now you're reaching an audience all over the world, really. Yeah, yeah. If, if, as long as they speak English, then that's fine because I don't have any other languages. And for me, I've got a huge mission. My mission is to positively impact on a million people in the next five years through the development of enlightened leadership. And enlightened leadership is leadership for life. It's not just for leaders, but it's important for leaders uh, because it's about leading with integrity, compassion, and the courage to do what's right. Now, if you look at the quality of leadership across every strata of society, we need there to be a paradigm shift in the way in which uh, we're led. Mm -hmm. And I believe like a stone being thrown into a pond, the ripples will go out. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's very much what I'm about. And that's the message that um, I'm looking for people who want to make a positive difference, who want to lead in a way that empowers the people that they work with rather than diminishes them. So you've done this now for two years, right? And I started the business, but I didn't um, start selling the products until fairly recently. Right. I was busy getting the infrastructure, the, the content and so on. So you're busy building the content and now you're ready for the world to, to hear it, right? Absolutely. And you know, a lot of, of the early content particularly, I wrote yet another book, um, was to give, use free, um, free content mm -hmm. as a way of creating um, a contact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a database. I didn't need it because between 
2009 and 2000 and uh, we're talking about two, late 2017, all of my um, contacts within two years of me starting up in business, every single one of my contacts came through word of mouth. Right. And I didn't need to market myself in any way um, right. other than I always asked people for testimonials, mm -hmm. which went on, on the website. But, but my, my clientele came from people who had used me um, mm -hmm. or their families who'd noticed the difference of people mm -hmm. who had right. used me. Right. So for me, I started, it was like starting from absolute scratch. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a Facebook page, didn't have a LinkedIn profile. Um, well, I think I had a LinkedIn profile, but never done anything with it. Right. Um, right. No database um, and not a clue what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're building the business and, and these, things, these things that you do continue to work and work you know they say 11 to 13 different ways you need to get in front of people in order for them to even recognize that they've heard of you before or seen you or you know yeah. anything that has to do with it and i think it's smart to have kind of the the lead magnet or the content that you're giving away as a value added and, and then people see the expertise that you have so they can read what you've written they can investigate you a bit before they hire you or engage services with you but what are the what are the types of clients that that you want to work with? Who is it that would be your most ideal client if they called you up and said, you know, I want to work with you, who would that person be? Well, that's a, that's complicated <laughs> because I have different products which mm -hmm. have different avatars. Right, right. So if you're looking at the leadership program, that would be for business owners who've mm -hmm. got between 10 um, and 200 um, staff who mm -hmm. work on their business, mm -hmm. who have been going for a while but want to take it to the next step, who um, are probably overwhelmed at times and run ragged because they're trying to do everything themselves and not particularly good at delegating, mm -hmm. um, and that they are ready to take action and they want to do things in a way that makes a positive difference. Mm -hmm. So for the leadership program, that's my perfect avatar. For my coaching program, it's all about you. I would say that's going, and so the first one, leadership is men or women, um, mm -hmm. and the age is not as important as the role. Mm -hmm. But for my coaching program, it's all about you. That would be mainly women mm -hmm. between 30, 35 and 55 professional women who are successful, who uh, at times suffer from imposter pro, uh, uh, syndrome, sure. who are very successful professionally, but their personal life it doesn't measure up. Mm. And that they are, um, they want a great relationship, mm -hmm. but ultimately all of their energies go into work um, mm. and that they want things to be different, but they don't know how. Right. Right. And then the third avatar is for the relationship bridge, which is for, again, for women um, who want a great relationship, who are either not in a relationship or have had a series of terrible relationships, uh, just divorced or unhappy in their marriage. And what they really want is a loving, interdependent relationship. Uh, and again, that would probably be between 35 and 55. Um, and, and I would think professional. Nice. Well, and you talked about the power of uh, testimonials and how um, other people have 
given you the greatest gift of any any person that you can receive, and that is referrals, right? Yes. Um, and and so with that, um, what are some of the things that people have said about your services, Gina? So one of my clients um, was describing how I work with people, and he said that I'm fifty percent handholder and hugger and 50% ass kicker. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm a hugger too. It's so hard <laughs> not to hug right now during this quarantine, but uh, I love it. So 50% handholder and hugger and 50% ass kicker. <laughs> You're going to straighten them up and get them into, get them in line. That's awesome. <laughs> I think the thing that there's some commonalities, one is that they feel safe mm -hmm. and that they feel heard and that it's completely non-judgmental that they, they recognize that I'm not there to judge. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes my coaching doesn't follow conventional lines, um, but what they all, every one of them talks about the fact that at the end of it, they feel more confident, that they feel that they have access to their power. Because for me, it's very much about not creating a dependency model. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about an individual, a couple, a team, an organization. I've done my job well when they're flying. Um, and, you know, whilst it would be good for business to keep a dependency model, it's very much not what I want to do. Um, but I, you know, people talk about the fact that there is great warmth and at times humor. Um, and, but I think the overriding thing that comes through whichever is that there is that sense of trust, which is so important that they feel that they can share their innermost fears and vulnerabilities and know that they're in a safe place. Yeah, that's awesome. So in the business that you've continued to grow with your three different avatars, how have you been able to get your name out there? You said you started a Facebook page, you started a LinkedIn page. What are some other things that you've done to network or to grow or to gain new clients? What are some ideas that others might be able to glean from you in this type of business? So with Facebook, um, one of the things that I did first of all was to create some uh, good quality content. Um, I wrote another book and people were offered a free digital download of the book if they signed up because I wanted their, their details. I then did a, a seven day happiness challenge as Facebook lives and did, I've done quite a few Facebook lives. But that then was became a book and has become a permanent challenge that people can access for free um, and can upgrade, um, they can have it digitally or they can uh, upgrade and buy the ebook or the book. Um, also did a free, uh, there's a free TV series of, with 15 episodes that people could sign up to. That's on YouTube and I managed to get enough people so I've got my own channel there. Facebook, I post regularly lots of inspirational quotes, um, content quotes, um, little questionnaires and so on. Um, we've done a lot of questionnaires to find out what people were interested in um, and those have come with videos so that um, perhaps there are four options, depending on which option they picked, uh, that's then taken them to a video that was appropriate to them. Um, so that's Facebook. LinkedIn, um, I post five days a week. I belong to a LinkedIn booster group, so we comment on each other's things. Also do articles. 
um, done lots and lots of interviews on this sort of show, podcasts, radio shows. Just become a radio host myself on BBS Radio twice. Um, uh-huh. um, and I think at the moment I've probably done about 80 or 90 um, interviews. I belong to networking groups, that's how we met. So um, I belong to Collaboration Global in the UK, um, which was a face to face networking group but has now become a virtual right <laughs> we both belong to the veranda which is how we met mm-hmm. um i also look for speaking opportunities um i run workshops and so on um i use linkedin to um sales navigator to access hosts of shows but also there's uh, constant messages going out in terms of um making contact not trying to sell straight away, following those up, um, talking to people, and I've met some amazing people. Um, and so for, I've now got 17 and a half thousand contacts on LinkedIn. Wow, wow. Uh, that's amazing. But I do recognize that actually the numbers don't mean as much as how much involvement. And that's, that's been quite a, an interesting lesson for me. Mm-hmm. And I think one that maybe um, your viewers need to take on board it's not so much the numbers but actually are they the right people and what you do with them mm-hmm. i've wasted a lot of money talking to experts who tell me that this is the way to go uh, not only has it wasted a lot of money but a lot of time doing mm-hmm. what they tell me mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. proved to be um unsuccessful just because they're, they may be experts and have helped other people doesn't always mean that they're going to be able to help you specifically since you are you and you're unique to what you do. So uh, that's true. That's good advice. Good advice. Not everybody has the secret sauce. You know, you, you've got to <laughs> some people and find what you're doing. They talk a great talk and they promise great outcomes. Right. Um, yeah. But the delivery, mm-hmm. and I think that, that the where that's been most true has been with social media and mm-hmm. you know, we, can, we can get you lots of leads through whatever mm-hmm. um, and so i think i take some of the blame i i should have t- earlier on got much more familiar with the principles and had a much greater understanding of how it worked mm-hmm. because it was very easy for people to bamboozle me with technical Jargon. Mm. I, I hadn't got a Scooby what they were talking about. <laughs> I've become much more au fait. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but mm. I can, I can ask more pertinent questions. Good. Um, and so now I've got my own membership site. We don't use funnels with the website itself. We've got different sales. Mm-hmm. I'll call them funnels, but they're not official funnels. If you want to mean sales pages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, um, so we have, we have email shops. So trying to cover as many bases. And one of the other things I think is quite useful to know, to start with, I try to do everything all at once. Ah. Um, because you want to get out there. And what I've recognized is you can get into overload and overwhelm very quickly. Mm-hmm. So these days I focus on Facebook and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I'll do a month's campaign on one real focus on that and just keep the other one churning mm-hmm. and then do the other way around because I can't sustain that level of activity. Right. Uh, um, That's so good advice. 
Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that you can focus on the one area that you can. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I like writing. Um, so writing posts and doing that sort of thing mm -hmm. works for me. I like speaking. That mm -hmm. works for me. So I think you've got to find something that, that you're comfortable with. Videos, webinars, all of those. I have to say, to start with, I was very, very uncomfortable in front of the camera. Mm. Um, it's even you, get it. you get used to it, right? <laughs> we do. And one little tip that might, again, help your people if they're starting this for the first time. It was Facebook Live that used to throw me. You know, see that one, two, three, and then they go, what am I going to say? Panic. Um, yeah. So I put a photograph of a group of people behind the camera. Oh, that's genius. Um, yeah. Then you're talking to your audience. <laughs> For me, the interaction between talk, you know, talking to somebody is great. Talking to just a piece of plastic didn't do it for me. Right. So it helped me. And mm -hmm. they're just little things. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think probably the other piece of advice is don't wait till things are perfect. Right. Never right. going to be perfect. They're never going to be. And and then you, you can do something and then you can perfect it and continue to do another iteration that's even better and better and better as you go, right? Yeah. Grow as you go. If I look at the early videos, I look at them now and I think, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and eventually, at some point, I will go back and redo them. But of course, I'm constantly creating new materials. So, um, mm -hmm. I, you know, inevitably, there are at times wrinkles, but I think overall, the, the content is what's important. Right. And as long as the delivery is okay, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that we can, you can put up with that, if that makes yeah. sense. And do you think now that people are more used to utilizing tools like Zoom and, you know, Skype and all of these things, have that, has that, has that impacted your business at all? I used that technology uh, certainly for um, talking, because I'm in the UK and I've done a lot of interviews in the US, mm -hmm. um, I was familiar with using that technology. However, what I now am much more familiar with using a, a greater percentage of the capacity of the different functions that that, that um, technology can can do. It comes with its drawbacks. We've had this evening, um, yeah. <laughs> more lunchtime. Um, you know, the internet can be um, wayward. Right. Um, right. So, I think you know. If you can get over those hurdles, then that's fine. And part of that is to just people to be tolerant about. Right. About yeah. Flexibility is key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I have found, and I think many people have found, is the cons being constantly on Zoom and, and on the screen can be physically very tiring. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. You, you need to really pace yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And I think many people have it's almost as if they don't feel they're going to be seen. So I've been on networking meetings um, where I didn't know the people very well. It was a, a, I was invited to join an online networking group with people. One guy was lying in his bed. Oh, dear. With a pyjama top on. And I thought, oh. you know, I'm going to see this guy in a suit at some point, but that picture of him with his hairy chest and his battalion oh, dear. is never going to leave me. And other people who've got their washing on the radiator behind me, and you know, and you think to yourself, you ha you have to think about what are people going to see, right? Um, and I think 
you've got to be even more prepared if you're using technology. Know your, know your staff. Mm -hmm. um, but then you can concentrate on dealing with the technology. Right. Um, but don't try and wing it. Mm -hmm. There's this lots of white noise, isn't there, on the internet at the moment, of people who are just talking about the fact that they've had bacon and eggs for breakfast. <laughs> right. I'm bothered. Yeah, yep, we, we need more meat and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let me ask you uh, one, one, more, one more question, Gina. Where do you see yourself going from here? Where do you want to be in five years? You, you mentioned that you want to, you know, impact a million people, but tell me, tell me more. What is it that you want to do? Who do you want to be in five years? First of all, I want to say, I want to make it very clear, this is not about me and ego, but it's my dream to start, um, if you like, a foundation mm -hmm. where as people go through the Enlightened Leadership Program, um, they will have the same core values, they'll have a shared language, and that they will want to make a positive difference. So my plan when that takes off and there is the, um, the financial infrastructure, I want a program for young people and a program for parents, which is low cost or no cost. The people who've been through the program to then facilitate others going through the program and young people and parents. Do you know, in the UK, over half the prescriptions are for antidepressants. Oh dear. The most common reason for young men under 42 dying is suicide. <sighs> the numbers of young people who've got mental health issues is exploding. We've got to do something different. And it's my view, if you can teach youngsters to lead themselves and others, and if you can teach parents to deal with the modern day issues that arise from having children today, which is very different to having them 10, 20 years ago, mm -hmm. then children will arrive at adulthood with the resilience and with the, uh, with the self-confidence to deal with life, whatever throws at them. So I, I'm, a, I'm of retirement age. Okay, and most people will say, well, I'm, I'm told very often, why don't you slow down? Um, but for me, this is so important because you know, the future of our society is down to us. And I think that the skills and the expertise that I've developed over the years, and I feel very privileged to have been given that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think it would be sad to waste that. So I want to share that with people but then for them to take it forward and for them to grow it to the next stage. So I think I'm the beginning. I don't think that my stuff is mm -hmm. where it's going to end up. So that's my dream. It's a big one, audacious, hairy dream. Right? Yeah, BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal. Very nice, very nice. Well, Gina, how can people get a hold of you if they wanted to read your books or look at your Facebook page? Where can they go or what, what, what's your website? All those tidbits of information that people need in order to reach you. Right, so the books are on Amazon, um, but they're also on my website, and there's two key websites, genuinely hyphen, and then the word you.com, which has got everything on it. And then if you're interested in leadership, then the enlightened leadership, well, it's the, the website is enlightenedleadership.co. So genuinely hyphen you.com, enlightenedleadership.co. Find genuinely you, Regina Gardner, on Facebook, 
you can find Gina Gardner, and that's still under my old uh, Gina Gardner Associates, which is still live business, but I'm there. Mm-hmm. Come to YouTube, find Genuinely You, um, or you can email me at gina at genuinely-you.com. Excellent, Gina. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and giving words of inspiration and courage and uh, sharing how you're marketing your business and giving us little tidbits of information that we can use on our marketing journeys as well. And uh, I look forward to getting to know you even more on the veranda, uh, the virtual networking event that we both belong to and, and getting this out there for the world to hear and having it be something that you can share as well to your uh, potential audience and, and, and ours as well. So thank you so much, Gina. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. You take care, won't you? Thank uh, you. <laughs> thanks, and thank you for listening to the Marketing Expedition podcast, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition podcast. Find more online at peppershock.com. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.